When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the wrap-up live. This is the final eulogy of the season. The Raptors finish. Um, I mean, the season's over, but it was a 41-41 and season. They just suffered, in my opinion, one of the worst losses in recent franchise history. Versus the Bulls. I'd say humiliating. Yeah. Humiliating yeah. might be, it's, it's a word that I think is apt here. <sighs> I got I, I I know this sounds dramatic, guys, but I have some knots in my stomach just just in terms of how that game ended. Uh, the Raptors had control the entire game and threw it away and allowed. You know, people are going to complain about calls and all of that. I'm not having it. Raptors shot 50 percent from the free throw line. Yeah, that is just horrible. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing beyond that to say that that's just a. Yeah. It's an abomination. I don't know what else to say. 70% as a team from the free throw lines, it's 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 pretty sad. 60%, it's like, how does that happen? And 50% is like, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. So I swear to God, I, I went to the court before this game started with my daughter. Like, you know, she's 13, trying to play some basketball with her on the court. I, I think I shot more than 50% from the from the, from the, field, from the free throw line. We were playing 21. I, I got over 50% yeah. from the line. Yeah. Um your Toronto Raptors uh, lost the game 109 to 105 at home in Toronto at the Scotiabank Arena to the Chicago Bulls. Um, DeMar DeRozan like, came back to town. Yeah, man. It's all like that three by Fred with like a minute left. You know, it's close, like whatever. You know, we, we've blown the lead. You know, it's like a, as, as Jack Armstrong described it, it's hand to hand combat. Yeah. You know, three minutes left. With a minute left, you're down, I don't know, you're down two or something like that. And you come up and you take a contested three with like 21 seconds on the clock. What is what like what is that leadership? Like, is that what leadership looks like uh, in, in down the clutch? You you take such a poor, poor shot when you've like you've been struggling from the three for the for the last little bit, and that's the shot you take, it just boggles my mind. Yeah, I mean, there's so many plays at the end of the game there that um, I just wish the Raptors could have back. Siakam had a chance to tie the game late with three free throws. The Raptors were down 107-104. All he had to do was hit three free throws. And to be quite honest, guys, he shouldn't have even got those free throws because rarely ever do you see referees late in the game get such a clutch time call uh, in real time. Mm. Um, mm. right mm. <laughs> and then review it and get it wrong it's usually the other way around where in real time mm. they're getting the call wrong reviewing it and getting it right so I mean clearly Alex Caruso was coming down on Pascal Siakam way before his attempt to shoot the ball yeah. the referee still gave the Raptors a break allowed Pascal Siakam to go to the line shoot the two uh, the three free throws he hits the first the crowd is going crazy crowd goes silent right and um, for the next free throw um, which is standard practice, right? You don't want to get in Pascal's head or anything like that. 
Misses that one. Could tell he's visibly shaken up. Misses the third one as well. Um, and then yells out a massive expletive at the end of that. Um, Quiet except for DeMar's daughter, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, DeMar's daughter, maybe the MVP of the game, besides Zach Levine, who um, people who were watching the game realized, even people who weren't watching the game, I mean, it was all over social media, Bleacher Report, House of Highlights. DeMar DeRozan's daughter was screaming at the top of her lungs during every single Raptors attempted free throw. And um, little do you know, Raptors, like I said earlier, shot 50% from the free throw line. And I am giving all the credit to her. Um, and you know, it's, also, it's also like, I, I feel like, not, not to pile things on here, but I feel like like our, our home crowd is kind of crap too now. Like with the team, our home crowd is actually much more quieter. And you don't really even hear them on the on, on the TV. I don't know what they did with the mics or whatever, but it just doesn't feel... Um, it just doesn't feel the same. And you no, know, with Siakam, man, that you're right. That, that call was a makeup call for the Pat Bev versus and Leet, which should have been a jump ball, but the Bulls yep. got possession there. So maybe the referees were kind of making that call up there. Whatever, I'll take it. Uh, when, when he stepped onto that three point line, Kian, what did you think that any of you did you guys think that he was going to make all three free throws? Like, what, where, where was your heart no. at? No, no. Zero. Zero. Um, I I honestly did. I thought that the somehow, some way, the basketball gods were going to turn around and give the Raptors. I mean, the break that they needed. Like like you said. I mean, they didn't. They deserved the call earlier, right? Where pa- Patrick Beverly was hugging the basketball with his leg, which is no, not normally what basketball players do. Fred Van Vliet had one hand on the ball, and he, I guess, went across his leg because he was trying to put two hands on the ball, and he did end up having two hands on the ball, which is weird because that's what the referee said after that call. He said, well, the challenge was successful that Nick Nurse um, you know, yeah. put forward, but at the same time, and then he also said Fred Van Vliet had two hands on the ball, but at the same time he said, oh, well, the Chicago Bulls have possession, and because of that, Raptors still get their timeout back. However, the Bulls are going to get possession. But I don't know if at any point Patrick Beverly had possession, except for when he ripped the ball out you know, like what, after you know, the whistle. I don't, I don't understand like that at all. That's still late in the game. It should never have come down to that. Like, it should never have come down. Like, I, I don't even know 100%. how you keep free throws. Like, I don't even know yeah. how you keep free throws. I mean, if you, you pull up that box score, Siakam with, like, what, six misses, OG, those are, those are supposed to be your ball handler. They're supposed to be, like, decent from the free throw line. Yeah. And – and also, like, you know, just, you know, when it was a close game in the fourth, at that point, if you had to make a call for this game, you, in those situations, I would 10 out of 10 times go with the team that has the better one-on-one offensive players. End mm-hmm. off. Whatever coaching you do, whatever your schemes are, defensive schemes, offensive scheme, box and one, box and four, whatever, you know, whatever your basketball jargon you want to throw at it. At that point, you pick the team that has the better one-on-one offensive players and who can create under duress, right? And the Raptors, n- nobody, nobody on that on that roster is can create under duress one-on-one. And the Bulls had two guys, Zach Levine and Demar Derozan, who are not afraid to shoot the ball. They don't have a they don't have a particular spot they need to be at. They don't necessarily need uh, the defense to play them a certain way. They're just good enough to elevate and create their own shot. And the Raptors haven't had that since Kawhi. And I think that's the big difference in here is like when, when you know, when, when the 
pedal to the metal, comes down to the crunch. You need a big dog to actually get you points. And the Raptors don't have that. They just don't. I think the worst part um, about this is is that I, in a way, we almost forecasted this because one thing myself and Oren always mentioned leading up to this, um, the, the play-in matchup was that you don't want the Raptors to end the season on a horrible note. If they lose, um, if they beat the Bulls, hypothetically, obviously we're talking about before this game, but if they beat the Bulls and you lose to Miami in a hard-fought game, right, in Miami, it is what it is, you lose. Uh, Miami's the favorite. They're the higher seed. You go out. Of course, nobody wants to lose a game. I mean, some Raptors fans did, which was kind of strange heading into this game. I know <laughs> I saw some Raptors fans talking about draft position and, um, oh, we just want the season to end. It's been such a crap season. I don't know. I, I'm going to assume that's a very small minority, but um, this was the worst way the Raptors season could have ended because now Zorar and Keon, you're going to look at the season and go, okay, well, I mean, I already see people saying in our live comments, Nick Nurse has to go. People are saying Gary, there's no way Gary Trent Jr. can be back as a Raptor after that showing in the biggest game of the season. I mean, all, we're going to see all the takes. I mean, all the Pascal, Pascal Siakam, by the way, if you take away those free those missed free throws, he had a great game. Like, I'm not going to take anything away from that, man. Like, you can't just say, let's take this part of the game away that he had. Leave yeah. that aside. It's a great, no, it's not a great game. He missed two free throws with the game on the line. That's not a great game. Yeah. That's not a great ending. Whatever it amounts to the whole game, like you did, you did, like, no, like, how can you pass anybody like it today? Like, uh, but, yeah. but I agree with Gary Trent Jr., by the way. Like, yeah, I actually, we, we actually got a few emails on the RR main account, like, people were saying mm -hmm. that we don't talk about Gary Trent Jr. enough and that he's not getting enough playing time, uh, and he's always played well whenever he's played. And the, the, the problem with Gary Trent Jr., and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of his you know, is that the in, the consistency is just not there. His role on this team is to nail down three-point shots. Like, yeah, the defense it. actually is a nice-to-have with him. I know we, yeah. we like to talk about his, like, deflections and all that stuff, and good that he's improved his defensive game, but that's not his primary job. Like, right. it's like it's, it's like you hire a bus boy, bus boy, and the bus boy is great at vacu vacuuming the freaking kitchen. Nobody cares. You're a bus boy. Do the freaking dishes. That's your job. That's what you're hired to do. That's Gary yeah. Trent Jr. Amazing with the vacuum, but he's actually a bus boy. Yeah. Yeah, difficult. Um, the reason why I mentioned Pascal Siakam is because the one thing I think a lot of fans and, and <clears throat> NBA fans, if you go even further than, than where we are in Raptor land, um, have criticized Pascal Siakam on is the fact that he doesn't show up in the playoffs. And I think it's just very sucky for him that, again, up until that point, he had a great game. But you're right, Zarar. This is what people are going to talk about at the end of the day. Like, this is going to overshadow everything he did in the prior, what, four, 46, 47 minutes of the game. Um, he did have the massive dunk that tied it. Or did it tie it? No. Did that did that dunk tie it? Tie the game? That two-handed dunk no, he had? No, he, he missed a free I think throw. they were still down. That, which yeah. the dunk would have tied the game if he had made the previous free throw, which he also missed. So they were still down one after the dunk. They were still down one, yeah. The game yeah. was not, not so, tied. That was a big play. But again, yeah. I mean, that's what everyone's going to talk about. That's what every NBA fan watching. And remember, this is the only game on right now, right? There's no other NBA game on. I think later in the night, the, the, the OKC made it. It might have already started. The OKC Pelicans game is going to begin. Um, but this is the only game. Every NBA fan who is watching a basketball game is watching this right now. We'll remember gonna, they're gonna they're gonna yeah they're gonna come right back down to it and they're gonna say hey well you guys have pascal siakam who had a great um 
season. I guess you could really say great for the first half. He kind of got a slow down in the second half. But it's going to come back down to that. He's not clutch. Brooklyn, Brooklyn uh, Raptors game seven, 2014, right? Yeah. Uh, the Paul Pierce block on, on Kyle, which I think I'm sure we all remember, right? Game seven. Uh, people remember the block, uh, the block. Paul Pierce had like nine points in that game. Like yeah. he was completely shut down and a non-factor in that game, but he had the game winning block. And that's what people remember. It's yeah. much the same way. Like, it's great that you played great for three quarters, but you know, it, it, sorry, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. It matter. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. And, um, I guess now, as a Raptor fan, at least, or at least as a, as a Kyle Lowry fan, I, I mean, I'm going to be rooting for Kyle Lowry in the playoffs now. There's no more stock um, to have in the NBA playoffs. I guess you can just root for whoever you like as a player or whatever it is as a Raptors oh, fan. You don't even have to root for anyone. You could just be sad for the offseason. You deserve it. Um, but, um, yeah, with that being said, just give me one sec. Yes, you guys think it's roster? What is what? What do we? What do we who so, cares? So I'm just, I'm just gonna put this on. All right, go for it. Because, um, so yeah. well, this roster. What are we doing with this roster? Like, like reactions uh, right after this? Like, Kian, like, what, what's what's this roster doing? I mean, part of me is just like, we we cannot possibly have the same core return. It can't be the same guys. That that's what I've been trying to to think about because I, there's just no possible way you can, you can come back with this oh. this roster. There's just no no feasible way. Like obviously the free agents, it, it, it's Gary and, and Freddie and Yak. Yeah, Yak seems like the guy who's most likely to come back. Freddie Freddie had a good game today at the like, but he he shot again a lot of shots. He was really their only. Their, their life at times in this game, especially at the end. Um, and, and Gary just just might have played his worst game as a Raptor and one of his most important games as a Raptor. Uh, and, and the fact, and I know it's a little topic, but the fact that he even came back in that game late in the fourth quarter, that they went small and they took out Yak, I, I thought that was pretty ridiculous. And who, who knows what his future is. He's had an up-and-down season. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. So th this could go all different types of way, and we could also see Nick Nurse being gone as well. Th that's just me. We could we could see a lot of things. I, I just I don't even yeah. know what to think and what direction they should go into because we saw what direction they went into at the deadline, and uh, it's going to be interesting when where they go now this off season. It's going to be very interesting off season. It it, it just can't be uh, the current direction. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's the only thing that I can say. Is it, can be this direction. I mean, I, I, I'm sort of like, I don't know how I stand with Fred. I mean, I, I just think his his decision making is is quite poor sometimes. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he got bailed. He, he like a couple of shots, just really low, low percentage, low quality decisions. I talked about the three with a minute left. But even even around that time, he had like a wild layup. He drove to the rim and just threw it up there. I think Boucher a couple just times. cleaned it up, right? Got lucky one time. Just not good. Just just not being a good floor general. And if there's one thing you expect from a veteran, is to is to have very sound, high percentage high percentage decision making in crunch time. That's the least that I I, I don't even care if he makes his shots. I just want him to make good decisions with the ball. And he's not even doing that. So if if you're looking for a for for your next kind of point guard over the next three four years, I I just don't see how you can bring bring Fred back. Um, and and remember, we 
we don't have our, our first round pick next season, top six protected either. So yeah. that that's just another factor in all of this. Yeah. I think some people may not like hearing this, but I'm, um, I'm on the other side. I think, I think you bring Fred back. Um, but I say that with also agreeing with everything you said, Zarar. I think Fred has this penchant late in the game where he just plays this 1v1 hero ball. Um, he just turns into a superhero. Um, Wanna be superhero. And, yeah. I mean, to give him a little bit of credit, he did hit some big shots, right? Like he, the one where I think he had Vucevic on a one-on-one, missed it. I think uh, the ball kind of just found its way back in his hands. I think it was like a long rebound that maybe OG got it or something like that. And Fred called for it back, knowing that he had Vucevic still on him um, and then hit a big three. But there's so many other plays, I think, in that quarter where, again, Fred, take away that last part of the game, great game. But everyone's going to remember the end, right? That's just how basketball goes. That's how the NBA works. Um, You could drop 30 or 25 or 35. Um, but the last two minutes in a close game is where you're remembered in this league. And um, I'm not ready yet to say, yeah, let's, let's move on from Fred or anything like that. I do think in the grand scheme of things from a macro view, he did struggle this season, but he also did, I think, have um, a bounce back second half for the most part. Um, I think his struggles in the first half were like really, really bad, yeah. but um I think there's 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 just I don't I'm, I don't know I mean I've looked at free agents I just don't think there's that many options out there for the Raptors to truthfully consider as um, objectively better options than Fred VanVleet. Um, you know, like I, yeah, I, I, I just want to respond to this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not talking we're we're talking about overall as a as a, as a season here. Like, yes, this game Fred made more threes or more free throws or whatever than the rest of the the. the mm-hmm the roster in this game. Like nobody's debating that stat, but you know, like it, it goes back to like, yes, all that is true, but now you're, it's the final two minutes of the game. We expect our leaders to lead by example, number one, and by good decision-making. And that did not happen. I think we got to keep both thoughts in our head at the same time. You can have a bad game but you can also display extremely poor decision-making down the stretch. That doesn't, you, you making poor decisions down the stretch is not absolved by your earlier good play. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Which is fair. I think that's, that's a, that's a very fair diagnosis of, of Fred's night. Um, there's just so many negatives when you look across the board for the Raptors of, of how this lead kind of fell apart for them. Eight points in total from the bench. Six of those came from Precious Chua. Chris Boucher in the final game of the season, fully healthy, plays seven minutes, attempts one shot, misses it. Um, Gary Trent Jr. I don't know. I mean, it, Nick Nurse, I don't, I don't understand Gary Trent Jr. struggling to that degree and Nick Nurse coming out and essentially telling the team that this guy, no matter what, it doesn't it doesn't matter how he's doing in a game, he's going to be part of our closing lineup. And lo and behold, the ball gets swung to him on one of the most crucial possessions of the game, wide open corner three, and he bricks that one as well. So I I don't know. I mean, the whole plan when you acquired Jakob Pertl and the whole team was healthy, which they are now, um, obviously save for Otto Porter, but he doesn't feel like he's part of the team. Um, 
Oh save yeah, for, Otto Porter. Oh. Yeah, save for him. Um, the whole team's yeah. healthy, right? Like everyone's there. Um, you, the expectation was Gary Trent Jr. to kind of lead this bench unit, and um, yeah, I mean, one for seven from the field, over five from three. Yeah. Oh, this comment. Uh, yeah, we got to get Dave Hopla. If you go back to the Rappers Republic podcast archives, search for Dave Hopla. I interviewed him on one of our podcasts way back. He's a, one of the best shooting coaches in the league. He's, he's, he's used to get um, work for the Raptors for a while. Yeah, I think when you, I don't think we have a necessarily a specialist shooting coach right now. Uh, so this is a fair point. I mean, the, the free throw shooting and three point shooting has been a theme all season long. So maybe our one of our most important signings is to get somebody who can teach them how to shoot or, or at least practice how to shoot. And somebody here had a uh, this is a this is a good question. Do you what, what do you what, what do you guys think? Do you you, you think you think it's just like Nick Nurse not managing Fred well? But the, the, other, the other side of the coin is if not him, then sort of who? The, so so the questions are: Do you think Nick Nurse holds any responsibility for the leash Fred VanVleet gets? And um, he he definitely does. But in that and like though that's one of those things where it's like, if I'm gonna side with Nick Nurse on something. I kind of side with him on how much he puts um, on Fred's plate. And the only reason I say that is because when you look at it from his perspective, context is everything, right? When you look at it from his perspective, the whole backup point guard problem was supposed to be solved by Will Barton. That was Nick Nurse's plan when, you know, the team went out, got him on the buyout market. Um, that was supposed to be the guy, right? It didn't work with Malachi Flynn. It didn't work with Delano Banton earlier in the season. The Raptors gave up. They stopped playing you know, backup guards altogether until Will Barton came along. Will Barton came, going to be totally honest, kind of, you know, crapped the bed a little bit, um, had a couple good games late in the stretch um, in the season. Um, but at this point, I mean, this is, again, the most important game of the season. I don't think Nick Nurse was coming into this game saying, I'm putting trust into Will Barton. Like, he just hasn't yeah. shown enough. So um, who is the only other real guard option that gives you a chance to possibly win the game? Fred Van Vliet. Um, and then again, your other guard who was probably going to be demanding what 20 million, 22. I mean, I thought midway through the season, maybe Gary Trent would be asking for something like 20 to 25 million dollars a year. He was supposed to be the other guard they could rely on, they can't rely on him either. So, or they couldn't in this game. So, um, it's one of those things where it's like, who else is there for Nick Nurse? You're not going to put Malachi Flynn in a game like this, you're not putting in Delano Banton. Jeff Dowden Jr. Is, is, is inactive, right? We all know that by now. Um, there's just no options. And I mean, it just so, is what it is. Here's here's a Gary comment. Like I'll read it. Gary thrives with Siakam. How many overlapping minutes did we have to did, did, did we have when we got Jakob? Nick made questionable rotations. Maybe make Nick made questionable rotations. He probably did. But I but I, I don't like this. Um Gary thrives with Siakam. So now we have to cater Gary to play with Siakam. He's supposed to be a three-point specialist. A three-point specialist doesn't need to always play with somebody. Their job is to hit, make wide open shots. And Gary Trent Jr. is not making wide open shots, regardless of who he plays with. I, I, I don't think you can just excuse uh, his, his poor three-point shooting. The thing staying. is, the bench barely played in this game. So I don't understand. Gary Trent Jr., the majority of his minutes on the court were with Pascal Siakam. So I don't understand this, the comments at all, that he thrives with Pascal. Therefore, he should be with Pascal on the court. People have to understand that Gary coming off the bench does not mean he does not get a chance to play with Pascal Siakam just because he's coming off the bench. A lot of what Nick Nurse likes to do is throw in Gary with three starters, possibly even 
four starters, right? Um, there's no way someone can tell me after a game like this that this isn't a Gary Trent Jr. problem. At the end of the day, you're paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to make shots, whether it's close to the paint and you're Rudy Gobert or it's beyond the arc and you're Steph Curry, Gary Trent Jr., all the shooters in the league, you're paid to make shots in the league. Um, rarely ever do you see a guy in the league. I mean, maybe Pat Beverly is like one of the very few anomalies where you're paying him to do something beyond making shots, be a leader, play defense, um, you know, play, play high level, a high level of defense, but mainly in this league, you're paid to make shots. And Gary Trent Jr. did not do that tonight. He hasn't done that for honestly, for quite a while um, for the Raptors. And I think if you're the front office, there, there's going to be a lot of questions you're going to have to answer um, amongst each other about who's coming back, who's worth re-signing. Um, I have this weird feeling with how this season ended, Zarrar. I mean, there were already, and Kianov, of course, there were already questions about whether Nick Nurse would be here at the end of the year. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of turnover. And I don't know where it's going to come from, but there, I think there's going to be, the way this season ended, there has to be at least one major change. Um to the team and i feel like rant like rant he's just like chilling (laughs) yeah okay so here's another one it's time to start being able to play with a steady pace no more hyper focus on turnovers and transition i i I agree like if we if we think that somehow um like us running running really hard and playing you know like increasing the pace and like taking out teams that way is going to work it's not Anybody can do that. I think every every team in the league, when they want to, can play at a high pace and uh, and, and like basically play a lot of transition basketball, try to force turnovers. You can do that in spurts. That can't mm-hmm. be your main strategy. Uh, so I think totally agree with that. I think uh, playing with pace and forcing turnovers is more like a freaking dessert. It can't be your main course. Like you 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 know it's it's something it's it's a tool not your main strategy. And we seem to think that playing with a high pace and forcing turnovers is going to be our competitive advantage. It's not. Like, the Bulls can do that when they want to. Look at the amount of turnovers they forced in the second half. Yeah, some of them were unforced. But, you know, they forced a lot of turnovers and they changed the game. That's the kind of freaking high pace turnovers that I want to see as a, as, a, as a tool set in our overall thing, not as our main thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I, the Raptors shot a better percentage, three-point percentage uh, tonight than the Chicago Bulls, but shot drastically worse um, from inside the three-point line. They shot 43% from the field, 38 for 87 as a team. Um, I mean, Chicago shot nearly 50% from the field in this game. But I think it just, overall grand scheme of things, Zoran Keon, I think it just comes back to the same thing where you can even look beyond the free throws. The Raptors just don't um, have that guy late in the game where they can just give him the ball and you can take a deep breath and a, and a sigh of relief as a fan and go, he's going to go get us a bucket. Chicago Bulls have two of those guys, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. When the ball got in DeMar DeRozan's hand after that reset, when Zach Levine drove and had to kick it back out to DeMar and rush back to the three-point line and give him that isolation, I mean... I, I knew something good was going to happen for the Bulls. Yeah. DeMar's going to score. He's going to draw He's going to draw a foul, or he's going to find a wide-open player. By the way, Lewis just published an article. I think he just published it right now. Yeah, I think the, the it's like the, it's the eulogy of the season. Go check it out. 
Oh, he had that um, ready. He had that. He had that in the holster. He had. He, he was. He, was, he started writing that at halftime, I think. Um, yeah. Just like the uh, media team had the, uh, the the victory graphic ready as, as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the media team did have that ready. Shout out to uh, Ethan and uh, I saw and that. Yeah, those guys. Uh, what was I going to say? I, I I think I totally forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The the, the, the this game. It sort of did have a feeling of like taking a, a a person who's in palliative care off of life support. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I even, <laughs> okay. even though that's you're a winning, bit drastic. No, but I want to hear it. Yeah, okay. At, at the end, something. there it, it just almost like okay, let's just end the season. It, it was it was going to be a disaster either way. Maybe yeah. we beat Miami. Definitely get crushed in the playoffs. So why mm-hmm. do you even want to go through it? The reason I wanted to go through it because I love Toronto in the spring. Uh, I, I I think playoff basketball or playoff hockey, even even though I'm not a big hockey fan, is part of a good Toronto spring. I like mm-hmm. it. it. It adds a vibe. I, I work near the AC, uh, the Scotiabank Center, so I like seeing the vibe. It's mm-hmm. it's got a good feeling to it. That's why I wanted to kind of extend the the season. But at the same time, were we going to do anything in the postseason? No. So uh, so you know, may as well just end it early. And uh, I don't know. Just, yeah, I mean, root for root for the scarf that I just put on the the Toronto FC, uh, Toronto Football Club. Uh, who else can we root Blue for? If the show goes long enough, he's gonna put on a Celtics jersey. Yeah, I mean, I got a couple. I got you know. Here, I'll show you guys a little preview. I was gonna put on this, but you know, I'm just an NBA it's, fan. What can I say? I can't. Hey, uh, Blue Jays are poor defense. We got a center. Our defense stayed the same. Isn't that on Nick to adjust? Kian, what do you think? I mean, it's it's not like a lack of yak. Not like he he played pretty amazing defensively when he came in. It's just I, he doesn't really raise your. He's I I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about this one. It's just the I don't, I don't, the defense today wasn't as big of an issue as I th- I think this comment is making it out to be. I personally think. That just the issue has always been offensively, and and, and that's just how it's going to be when you have this roster, um, the way it's designed with the wings. I, I, you're going to only score by forcing turnovers, and I I, I don't know if it got any better, but I, I don't want to say the defense got worse. It's kind of a tough question, but I'm, yeah, I, it's I don't it's, think it's, it's a, a weird one because. I, I think the question maybe isn't about this game. It's like overall, like why our defense mm-hmm. got better. I, I, well, I, I don't think – I think Pirtle did help us slow us slow us down a little bit, which I think yeah. helped our defense from being so helter-skelter to something a little bit more calmer, so a, a little mm-hmm. bit more set, so you could actually defend the guys instead of always being in transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think we got Pirtle as a defensive remedy I think we got him more to kind of open up our offense and start our pick and roll game because he's really adept at uh, you know executing within the you know whatever four to fifteen foot range. You know? I feel like the defensive part was really just the cherry on top. For, yeah, for it was a person, nice. Right? It was like a bonus kind of on on top. It yeah. wasn't really the the reason. But I can take a crack at answering why our defense is poor. Uh, it's because we cannot, for the life of us, stop dribble penetration because mm-hmm. everybody on our team is this lanky. You know, like Siakam, uh, Barnes are two guys who get heavy minutes. They really cannot defend uh, smaller guys at, at the perimeter. They they get blown by, you know, pretty consistently, and that starts the 
the sequences and all that. So I think that has something to do with it. And the the, the question that the the, the pre previous uh, person who asked the question, because of our high pace, we expend a lot of energy. And if you play pay high pace and try to force turnovers and be really aggressive on defense, something's got to give somewhere. And eventually you'll you'll get fatigued and and you'll start making mistakes. And I think a lot of the turnovers that we saw, all the unforced turnovers that we saw in the second half, were just a, a, a function of like fatigue or, or, or playing a certain way. I, I think I, I don't know 100, but yeah. I can hypothesize that that's why. Yeah, um, I guess the the most amusing part to the uh, start of the off season for the Toronto Raptors is every single Raptors fan you meet from now until um, what the end of free agency. I guess you could even say the beginning of training camp is going to have a different opinion on how this roster should be reshaped. Um, going to be some people who say get rid of Fred and there's going to be some people who say get rid of Gary and get or some people that say get rid of both some people are going to say get rid of Pascal Siakam and some people are going to say get rid of Nick Nurse and okay it's going to go is, on and on and on so is um, anybody untouchable on this roster Scotty Barnes I would say you're Scotty Barnes okay yes. Sahal any um, untouchables on this roster I mean, if Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes obviously is the, is the main guy that you would you would say is probably the most the most untouchable. But I don't I don't think anybody's ever really untouchable unless you have a top five to eight player in the world. Um, people know it by now. If you've been watching this show for for at least the last year, um, myself and Orn were, were were on the boat of trading Scotty Barnes for a, a crack at Kevin Durant. Like that's where we were. Pretty like. We were on it, like, and 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 we caught a lot of flack for it, and it is what it is. I mean, a lot of people didn't like hearing that, especially after Scotty Barnes' rookie year. Considering all circumstances, remember all the hype with Scotty Barnes is like, oh, we're not trading him for anything. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. The hype was at its highest. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you have the opportunity of getting a player who can be a number one guy on a championship winning team, and that trade may involve Scotty Barnes, I'm for it. If it I don't have yeah. to start naming names. I'm sure everyone knows who those types of players are in the league, but that's the only way I would get rid of um, a guy yeah. like Scotty Barnes. I, I feel like everyone else is is fair game. With yeah. the respect to Pascal Siakam, I think if you do trade Pascal Siakam and you want to do a full rebuild, I mean, you're going to get quite a bit for him. But I'm of the opinion that no team should ever go into a 100% full-scale rebuild because they're extremely, extremely hard to get out of. Um, and I'm sure Raptors fans don't want to go back to the mid-2000s. So. Yeah, and, and and Paul says, Barnes seems untouchable to us because he's basically the only Raptor who hasn't hit his ceiling. Well, yes, there's nothing wrong with factoring that into him being untouchable. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons that he's untouchable, because his, he's shown a lot and there's a long way to go. So, yeah, I think that's... Uh, and he's signed to a rookie deal. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, what a depressing way. Like, it is, yeah. The, like, the you know, like, I, I, I knew things were going south when, um, like, I, the moment that it, it, it flipped for me, I was like, uh-oh, this is, it's over. This is not going to end well. It's when uh, Levine pulled up early in the clock for that three, mm -hmm. like, on the right side. Like, I think yeah. they had just scored two. It was the end of seven-nothing run. He just pulled up, and I knew like this guy, like they, they they got the players, they got the shot makers, 
and w- it felt like it felt it, it felt like hanging on to a one goal lead for like 35 minutes that's what mm-hmm. that felt like a, a, at the end there it did perfectly like it was like can, can we survive like can we is 19 points enough to get us through 17 15 14 12 at 12 you're like it's not going to be enough five for sure no and w- once once the bulls took the lead like you know a, 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 a Part of me was like, yes, this team, they can, they can take a punch and recover. They can do it. I think mm-hmm. they can. But even there, deep down, I knew that they were they were on the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is um, you could almost say this is, I mean, exactly what the Raptors are, the way this season ended. It's yeah. a team that has consistently, constantly blown fourth quarter leads. It's a team that has gotten absolutely nothing from its bench um, on a consistent basis this entire season. It's a team that, um, you know, gets great games from their stars in Siakam and Van Vliet. And then everything seems to fall apart when things matter most for their stars. It's a game, I'm sorry, it's a team where um, you're not getting anything from those same peripheral guys like OG Ananobi, who... I will give him, I mean, a little bit of flack because he was guarding. He had the toughest defensive assignments tonight, but four for 13 from a guy like OG Ananobi, who honestly, I thought, by the way, coming into this game, I thought you were, I was most confident that OG Ananobi was going to give you um, at least a very high floor in this game offensively. He did not do that. 13 points, four for 13 shooting, um, four fouls. It's just, OG just never looked like he was really OG Ananobi in this game. I mean, it is what it is. Um, we we saw this is the Raptors. This is just this is them. The forty-one and forty-one, perfectly average team that um, loses against teams that are supposed to be uh, objectively worse than them. Um, and um, yeah, I mean they've beaten I mean, good teams this year, but I mean it doesn't really mean anything when it doesn't mean you look anything, at the, it doesn't the mean large anything. sample size, right? It doesn't mean anything. Right? Most yeah. games, the regular season, like who cares, right? Who cares? Exactly. You, yeah. you get ju- you get judged when the, in the postseason. That's where reputations are made, and that's what we should judge people by. I mean, the regular season honestly should be shortened to like fifty six games, and the remaining game should be a secondary tournament, kind of like they do with soccer and the FA Cup or whatever. I think that would be make it more exciting. Maybe make the games more meaningful. So the regular season is is a whatever thing to start. Uh, what you can judge a team by is how they perform in, in situations like these. And for the last last postseason, they went down three nothing. Uh, and to, uh, you saw what happened today. So we we have you know you're not going to get a huge sample size when it comes to the postseason. You're going to have to make your decisions based on just the postseason, which is not going to be too many games. But from what I've seen so far, like I'm not confident heading into another postseason with Pascal Siakam as our number one offensive option. I'm just not. I think I think something needs to be uh, and needs to change. 114 likes. Yeah, I get it. Who the hell would like this game? <laughs> yeah. I under- like this is one of the very few post-game live shows where I'm going to say I understand if you guys do not want to like the stream. I shouldn't be saying that because of course every like helps algorithm, it helps our channel out. But I get it. I mean, the depression is definitely there for Raptors fans tonight. It's a Wednesday night in the middle of April. Um, the season is over. We're not used to this. Um, but here we are. I mean, we lost to a, a team that's seated lower than us in the Chicago Bulls. They're going to go on on Friday night 
to face who else? Um, the man, uh, the greatest Raptor of all time, Kyle yeah. Lowry. In an, had in, a great in an game, arena. by the way, for Miami. By the way, tonight, DeMar's daughter was louder than the crowd. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad. That's how, yeah. that's how that's how expensive the freaking seats are at, at, at Scotiabank. The Raptors have gone full corporate, man. Full corporate. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. about the fans. A, a regular fan, you 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 cannot you cannot if if you if you're if you're a middle class household, like you have to like the Raptor game. Going to a Raptor game is your entertainment for the freaking quarter, man. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. But hey, but 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 this is a good question. Um, are you confident that Masai will make the right decisions this summer, Kian? What do you think? Um. Yeah, I, I I think I think he has a plan, and I think the the thing that makes me believe that was in the trade deadline conference. He he, he talked a lot about the summer, and that just that just gives me a, a little bit of thought that he, he had a plan for the summer. Obviously, maybe losing in the play-in wasn't part of the plan. He could, maybe he wanted to make the playoffs and then try to build on that. But now he he's got a lot of decisions to make, and. I know lately he's gotten a little bit of flack with some of the recent moves that he has made and some of maybe a lack of non-moves as well, uh, such as the the Kevin Durant one brought up earlier. But I I think we I don't think it should be to the point where we don't trust him to make the right decisions just yet, just because of his track record. I think we we can give him this season and, and believe in what he's doing and believe in his vision, and and if if it goes wrong from there, then we can start to have a little bit worry or a little bit of pause, but I'm not, I'm not ready just yet to, to be out on Masai uh, because he, he's just other than that. A couple instances hasn't shown us that, that he shouldn't be. Obviously the, we, a lot is said about the roster construction of this team, but it seemed like he was starting to go away from that and that he was trying to, to, to go back to a more traditional style of team at the deadline, but, but maybe it just wasn't the right move to trade the pick. So yeah, I guess we don't know yeah. what Ron offers, so it's hard to kind of speculate in in the dark. Uh, you know, you sort of trust that the, the 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 right trades weren't there, and I think the NBA teams can sort of smell desperation. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I think as soon as you look desperate, which the Raptors kind of looked at the deadline, they everybody kind of knew they needed a change. There was like a stench of desperation around them, and I think that will, I think that would have only gotten worse. In the summer, um, I don't think the Raptors are going to be negotiating in a position I, of strength this offseason. Well, that I think that would be true if all variables I think stayed the same. But I think Zarar, there's going to be a lot of desperate teams when you consider there's going to be some teams like Denver, Memphis. Um, there's, I mean, you look at the top four or five seeds in the West. Not all of them are going to make the Western Conference Finals, right? And I think that's the goal for most teams in that top half. Um, and and some teams as well in the second half. Like if you ask LeBron James what is the goal this season, he's going to tell you. It doesn't matter that he's on the Lakers. He's trying to win a championship, right? And I think uh, I talked about this earlier with with some close friends that there's coaches like Doc Rivers with Philadelphia, uh, Michael Malone with Denver, who if they don't get to a certain point in the playoffs, they're they might be gone this year. I've I've mm-hmm. seen Nuggets fans talk about it on on their Twitter Spaces. I've seen them talk about it on Twitter. If those coaches who have been given every opportunity and they've seen that their teams be reshaped year after year after year and strengthened year after year after year. Those two coaches 
and there's some some other coaches as well don't see you know a, a championship i don't know what i mean in denver i would assume the goal for them is to get to the finals at the minimum right you're the one seed you were the one seed almost the entire year in the west for philly it's the same thing yes boston and, and milwaukee look like objectively better teams than you but to answer what you were saying zarar there's going to be a lot of desperate teams right i think the Raptors are definitely desperate because people know Masai Ujiri does not like being in purgatory. Nobody likes being the seventh, eighth, ninth seed in the East or West. You don't like being here. It doesn't get you a good draft pick. feels like seasons are worthless. There's no real end goal. There's no championship aspirations. Everybody knows that Masai Ujiri is trying to get to that upper echelon, upper echelon of the, of the East. And um, so he's going to be desperate, but I think there's going to be some other teams as well that are desperate as well, uh, who may be more desperate because those are going to be some there's there's going to be some teams like Denver who are going to feel like hey yeah we lost in the second round or the or the Western Conference Finals but we're literally just one piece away from maybe taking that next step and who knows for a team like Denver that next step maybe trying to get a guy like OG Ananobi or same thing as Memphis same thing as New Orleans right if they make the playoffs yeah so. the, the 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 trade OG stuff I don't get I, I don't get no it. no I, I just use that as an example but I'm oh, just yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah. There, I, I understand what you're be, saying I, yeah. I, I know you're not I, yeah. I know I know you're not saying we should trade OG uh I just think whatever team you're trying to build, mm-hmm. you're going to need a guy like OG. So sure. he's sort of like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I didn't have a great game today, but I don't think we should expect him to like reach like superstar levels. I think yeah. he's a his, very, very good. His second half of the season was remarkable. So Yeah, so I, yeah. But by no means would I be willing to let go of uh, uh, OG. I totally want OG back. Uh, thank you, Phoenix Plazy. This is gonna get yeah, me to Phoenix, long, long, long time watcher and listener of the show. Thank you for your donation. We appreciate it. Honestly, it's, it's a real pat on the back for us um, after the season that we've had on on Wrap Up Live. And I appreciate you, particularly Phoenix, for spending this um, entire season with us. Almost every single show that we've had, I've seen you uh, interacting down there. So, hey, is this uh, is this Aiden masquerading as Oliver? Let me see. So, uh, what's the point of trading for Thad when he doesn't even play in regular season? You know, you've hit rock bottom when, (laughs) (laughs) like, when you are expecting Thad Young to come off the bench and win you a playoff game. That's like you are just you you got the you know that little scrape out and the the bottom of the barrel is sticky, but you're still going at it. Yeah, he's on the the rocking chair. I think he means why even trade for him if he's not going to play at all, all most well, of regular the season. season. Oh, sorry, I thought he meant playoffs. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, why? I mean, I've I've liked that. There's nothing know. in Dad's game at this very moment that tells me he needs to be part of the rotation. In my opinion, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, people don't understand as as sometimes as basketball fans is that it's not always just about the on court stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was. It's very, it's very tragic. Uh, Phoenix says tragic Johnson. Yeah, tragic, tragic, tragic Johnson. Yeah, that's great. Um, Dad offers you, of course, all the, all the intangibles, all the. He offers a veteran presence as well, which is something. If you don't have Thaddeus Young there, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the team's still lacking veteran leadership with him there. So I don't know if you remove yeah. him, I don't know what what you got left. So uh, how? Just you. I mean, obviously, I don't know this because I've never been in this position. But yeah. when you miss uh, the free throws that Siakam did, like three free throws he missed with under a minute left, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, does that ruin your summer? Like, is that something you think about the entire summer? 
Because I, I remember last year when he had uh, a poor playoff showing against Philly, he kind of – I remember a, a couple of interviews during the summer that, that he kind of moved past it pretty quickly. Um, and I'm wondering, like, now that this has happened, is there going to be, like, a Nick Anderson effect with him? For the for the young no. ones, Nick Anderson was a guard for Orlando Magic way back in the day, and he missed you know two massive free throws in a playoff series against the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. Or was it the Bulls? Yeah, I think I think it was the Bulls. It was uh, the Bulls. Yeah, kind uh, kind of ruined his uh you know his shooting form forever. He went from being like a I don't know, like a ninety five percent like an eighty percent free throw shooter to like fifty. Uh, like I'm just wondering, like now that like, Siakam has suffered these these couple of uh, kind of tragic season endings at least like how much it affects them like overall any thoughts on that um like i mentioned earlier it's it's something that he's definitely like player people people play like these players that we're watching every they're human they know what's being said about them fred van vliet knew in the beginning of the season that he was having a bad season he said as much in press conferences like these they're well aware they're self-aware guys they hear it from their coaches they hear it from fans these guys are on social media players respond sometimes to fans on social media um if people remember last season i had chris boucher respond to to one of my tweets giving me a thumbs up on on a tweet that i thought was was fair criticism for him not playing well but like my whole point is players see this stuff they they see that um the, the criticism that's being said about them pascal siakam knows people have been saying hey since that magical 2019 championship run you for the most part struggled in the playoffs right and he knows that he sees it and uh, like i said earlier the first three he's not going to be thinking about the first three quarters when he was killing the the chicago bulls he's going to be thinking about those free throws he's going to be thinking about all the things that are being said about him on social media um it's 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 difficult i don't know if it's going to have that drastic of an effect um the nick anderson effect which is by the way a great great comparison uh zarar um i don't think it's going to have that sort of effect on him but you would hope that a situation like this, if he does come back, which I would assume Pascal Siakam, if I'm going to assume something, I'm going to put money on something, Pascal Siakam is likely going to be a Raptor next season. Um, when he is back or if he is back, um, I should say that uh, I think he, my my gut is telling me he's going to use it as um, building blocks or he's going to build a foundation off of kind of this this yeah. um, kind of moment that, that he struggled in. So, I don't this, know. Um, so, so th- th- this we'll comparison, I, I've I've made a couple times. I haven't written a lot for rappers probably this year, but I, I've I've mentioned this uh, as well. It's like uh, like Brian Colangelo's fault was that he tried way too hard to build around Chris Bosh with really mediocre players, ranging mm-hmm. from Hito Turkoglu to Jermaine O'Neal to Linus Kleza to Jason Capono to you know you you, you name Ford. it right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it it did not work out. No matter what he tried, um, I don't I, I don't think we're at the Bosch stage with Pascal. I think Pascal actually has maybe a more, I'd say even a, a slightly a, a better team around him than what Bosch had uh, comparatively. Uh, but I do take the point that he is your leading man, and sometimes a team is defined by who, who their leading man is. Like the the, the Lakers are LeBron James. The, you know, whatever the Suns are, Kevin Durant, like that—that's their team. And the, for the Raptors, it's it's Pascal Siakam. Um, I don't think we're at the boss stage yet, though. Um, no, 
No, I, I think that's that, that's. No. I, I just don't think Masai Ujiri is as blindly committed to Pascal as a number one option as Brian Colangelo was to Bosch. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. I'm okay with I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I'm not. I feel like I'm not as out on Pascal Siakam as as you seem to be, uh, Zarar. I know you haven't asked directly for him to be like traded or anything like that no, but no, you I do you do make a good point that he's not he's not a number one that's going to lead you to a championship he's just not and and i think fans know that and fans understand that um he's proven that he can be a two or three or whatever you want to call it i mean i've heard the argument that kyle lowry was the two in the championship run it is what it is i mean pascal siakam and, and Kawhi leonard combined for however many points but he's proven he can be the two he's proven that he is an all-star level player in the league He's proven that um, he's an all-NBA level player in the league. He's done that twice already. He was on his way to doing that three times until kind of everything, I don't want to say fell apart in the second half of the season, but he did struggle a lot more in the second half of the season. Um, Brought him back down to earth. But I do think that the Raptors can win a bunch of games with Pascal Siakam as their best player. And when I really like go down the list, Zarar and Keon of, of all the things that went wrong with the Raptors this season, for me, on a personal level, I have Pascal Siakam way down the list. Like you talk about the front office, kind of uh, the, the 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 problems with the front office and all the things that they could have done. You talk about the coaching, which in some games, honestly, and in this game as well, with the Gary Trent Jr. in there late and just so many different other things, you feel like there was just straight up coaching malpractice at certain times in the season. Um, there's so many things. The bench just was was non-existent. You had inconsistent showings all year from Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., and the rest of the team. If there's one guy I'm just going to – I mean, I can criticize Pascal Siakam at certain points in the season. I can criticize him for how this game ended. But on the large scale, I'm just not ready to say Pascal yeah, Siakam is no, way I, out I the list for me. I, I don't think we're saying it's just it's just a number one option thing. Like you 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 can't yeah. add in, like you 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 have, you have to look for an upgrade um, overall. Like j- j- just like you know just like we, we all love Kyle Lowry, right? No, mm-hmm. everybody loves Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was not a number one option on a championship team. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Kyle Lowry, great player, amazing, love him. I'm sure you got yeah. his jersey. N- nobody's saying anything negative. I'm wearing it right now. Yeah. I, but he's not a number one player. <laughs> Pascal Siakam is much the same. We gotta again. We gotta put two thoughts in our head. We can really like the player, but also yeah. say he's not. With him being the, the best player on the roster, is not going to get the Raptors, you know, where where, where Masai Ujiri wants to be. And I think there's enough evidence at this point to to kind of say that. Oh, thank you to Omboy. Yeah, thank you to Omboy as well for the donation as well. Uh, thank you. I mean, it's great, guys, that you have the energy and some sort of optimism left within your body to send donations on a night like this, which feels yeah. like everything has fallen apart in Raptorland. Um, it has. Fantastic. Oh, it has. It has fallen apart. It so has, I'll, yeah. It has fallen apart. I mean, it has. It has. Yeah. 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 It has. Well, it's been a wonderful season. Well, no, what the hell, what the hell am I saying? <laughs> it's, it's been a horrible season. It's been a freaking mediocre, disappointing season. I, I thought that was sarcasm at first. I was no. going to say, yep, it's been wonderful. It's been a, we, we, we know we had such big plans for this year. Like, we we were so confident the Raptors were going to do well. Like, we freaking started a subscription yeah. for the site. Like, 
But guess what? All that just freaking the, the enthusiasm for the season just went was done in December. Done. Yeah. And it's always tough sometimes to do post-game live shows like this because, um, I mean, first of all, rarely anyone does live shows, I think, especially on, on the Raptors side of things. But we're really getting to, like, the emotional part of the podcast. I feel like sometimes when you record these types of things a day later or two days later, you have much more reason uh, reasonable takes. I feel like right now everything's just emotional for us. Um <sighs> I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm that's just replaying the, the game in my head, man. I'm just yeah, replaying this game in my head. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I just, I just, I just remembered the freaking Fred three. It just boiled my blood. Like, I, did you, did you clip, did you clip that? What the hell happened here? Jesus. Sound <laughs> light. I, I did um, not clip that, but um, I, I was in shock, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> A lot of moments in that game too. Just, just not great. But Toronto's a lot to look forward to in the next few weeks, even without the Raptors, which is, which is all right. Yeah, okay. let's go down. Let's go down the list, Keon. What is what do Raptors fans right now have to look forward to? Go ahead, let us hear it. All right, we'll start off with the Raptors. If the Thunder somehow get in the playoffs, they can get their odds to for the draft lottery down to eleventh okay. best, which. At the floor of the 11th pick, I like that for this team, right? And mm -hmm. the highest it could be is 13, which isn't bad either. And the Maple Leafs, I'm personally not a Maple Leafs fan, but they're looking good and might win a series for once. So who knows? Yeah. Blue Jays look amazing. The Blue Jays hit a walk-off right as the final buzzer hit, actually, which great. maybe is a sign. And I don't know much about, about Toronto FC. Maybe you can talk more about that, but. I yeah, don't know. Toronto. Anything FC, uh, you can look forward to? I mean, Toronto FC has one of the best, I think, players in in the league, which is great. So it's always fun to watch Federico Bernadeschi. Um, beyond that, I'm trying to think of anything else that's uh, happening in Toronto this summer. So, what's well, happening in Toronto gonna, that fans can look forward to? Uh, well, we're gonna hold a on uh, Amit's uh, point here. Uh, we're probably we're not probably we're definitely gonna hold a, a a draft party like we always do. We had the oh, Scotty yeah. Barn draft party, so we're gonna hold that one somewhere downtown. That's always fun. So yeah, look forward to that. And if you're and, and and really quick, by the way, if you're that one guy, I tried to make him go viral. That one guy who was cheering on the Scotty Barnes pick in that massive raucous of fans who were screaming for Jalen Suggs. If you're that one guy with the glasses, some people know who I'm talking about. If you're that one yeah. guy, I need to see you at the 2023 Raptors Republic draft party because um, you got it right, man. The guy you were you were rooting for, he won Rookie of the Year, and he had. I mean, he's looked pretty damn good in two years. So um, I need you there for good luck um, because the last time you were there, the Raptors drafted a very good player. So. Look at this smooth brown man. Hey, this season exposed a lot of flaws. Let's oh, see that's his that... name. Okay. <laughs> that's his name. Maybe he is a smooth brown man. Maybe he's been using yeah. uh, Manscaped. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Hey. Maybe. Hey. Maybe. Hey, this Maybe. season exposed a lot of flaws. Let's see how the front office reacts to this. Hopefully Nick Nurse is not the coach next year. Okay, we haven't really talked about this topic too much because we've been talking about you know a lot of the players. Nick yeah. Nurse... Returns as head coach of the Raptors. Yay, nay. 
Start with a yay, nay, and then make your case. You can't you can give a waffly answer on this one. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Go for it. I am a resounding, definite, 100% certain nay. Nay. Um, yeah. Nay. Um, I, I, and, I, and, and, and part of me thought this would be an emotional take um, after that, that news came down where Nick Nurse said, everyone knows it by now. He said it uh, in, in, the, in the, I think it was the, Pre, it was the it wasn't the post game press conference. I think it was just before the Philadelphia 76ers game, if I'm not mistaken, in Philly. Um, I don't even have to repeat what he said. It just makes me angry thinking about it. Just I think that just sealed it. Like there's no coming back from it. Nick Nurse, the fact that he didn't give his 100% commitment to this team, and he chose such a weird time. I mean, coaches know how the media works. They know how they're gonna how they how they're gonna spin things. Um, that didn't even have to be spun. That that's the funniest part. Um, he said what he said. It didn't seem like he he had a commitment to this team, to this roster, to this organization. Um, there have been rumors from tons of national NBA reporters that um, Nick Nurse may move on to um, different teams. Different teams are already interested in him, namely the Houston Rockets. Um, again, all of this is reportedly. So, um, but yeah, I think that just cleared it up for me. Um, I was honestly, even without him saying that, I was thinking um, as the season went along, is Nick Nurse really the, the guy for this iteration of the Raptors team? 2019 team, absolutely. Fit it perfectly to a glove. Tons of veteran leadership on that team. Didn't really have to do much to keep the locker room sewn together. But now with this team, I just don't think he is... Um, they can move forward with him. I just feel like there's been tension with certain players that just has, has gone somewhat unaddressed. Um, there's so many different things. I mean, the offense has just been horrific to watch on, on a grand scale for, for years now. Um, did it improve with the Acapurl second half of the season? Sure. But again, grand scale does not look great. So yeah, I'm a resounding no. Um, I think you, you're going to have to, and I said that on the last show as well with, with Oren, Oren Weisfeld. Um, you're going to have to look at guys like Udoka, um, obviously provided he's going to I mean, do what he has to do to kind of put his past behind him. You're going to have to look at um, some other big coaches. Kenny Atkinson's, uh, I think, already being interviewed by the Houston Rockets or will be interviewed soon. There's a bunch of coaches out there that um, I think should be um, interviewed by the Raptors um, once Nick Nurse moves on. This, Like I said, this is the worst way the Raptors season could have ended, and I think that's going to accentuate this whole Nick Nurse uh, situation even even further. So yeah, I'm a resounding absolute no. I don't think Nick Nurse God, coming back for this team. Is. God, I hate people so. people say stuff like this. <laughs> so uh, uh, so Kian, um, I mean Ma Matthew, I mean yeah. you know, thank you for tuning in. But man, I mean, uh, he, of course he didn't shoot 50 percent from the field. Yes, the player is dead, but all the all of Sahal's points are still very valid. So it's not like we're blaming Nick Nurse for like missing two out of three free throws five seconds left uh kian uh, nick nurse uh head coach yes no and should demar's daughter be the next raptors head coach <laughs> uh nay on, on the coach and demar did confirm post game that she won't even be able to make it to miami because of school so who knows how they're going to fare in that one but look with nick nurse i feel like we can I appreciate what he did for the team. And I think we're all looking at him at a, at a very negative light right now. But I think we can appreciate what he did because he did a lot for this team that, that we weren't expecting after after we fired Dwayne Casey. He came and he won a championship. And when Kawhi left and it looked like our team was, was going to go down the drain, he, he kept us at the same regular season pace 
and won coach of the year. But uh, that's not to say that right now it, this team just needs a new voice. And I think that's pretty evident. And, and we see this all across basketball and all across different sports leagues that, that these are players. And, and sometimes the message just gets worn out from a coach and you just need to hear it, uh, a different message from a different guy. Uh, we saw it in Atlanta this year and uh, when Quinn Snyder came in and it kind of rejuvenated yeah. them a little bit. And they came in and they beat Miami in, the, in that playing game yesterday, which was a great game and yeah. for our guy Kyle as well. But right. uh, like we can appreciate what he did from from the uh, scope, and I'm sure as as the um, as the off season goes on, we can appreciate what he did. And we're gonna and if he gets fired, we'll look back at what he did. But and it's hard to do that at the moment after the game we just watched. But that's not to say that he, I don't think he should go. I didn't like his comments as well, just as much as you didn't like him. And I, I, I'm all in to find a new voice for this team and, and change up the culture a little bit. Uh, somebody said Penny Hardaway, uh, and I immediately, when every, every time anybody says Penny Hardaway, of course, Magic, great. Also, uh, Little Penny, uh, one of the one of the first like little uh, cultural, I don't know, bobbleheads or like avatars that that existed back in the '90s. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how good of a coach Penny Hardaway is, but but I generally agree with uh, with you guys that. Uh, like it certainly seems like that we need to um, that we need to make a change. Uh, I think that maybe the voice is getting a little stale. Uh, I, I find, uh, and I read Oren's piece um, about where he talked about how the timing of his comments wasn't right. Um, I, I don't think it was that huge of a deal, but it mm-hmm. definitely had some feelings of um, Butch Carter and Marcus Camby in the Knicks series where Butch Carter like filed a lawsuit against Marcus Camby like midway through a playoff series. Uh, it wasn't as bad, but anytime the coach becomes the news when the team should be the news, that's not a good sign. That's kind of like, it, it had a feeling of like him looking out for number one publicly, which especially that late in the season. Yeah. I'm not sure how much it affected the team. I think that's the part of the article that I sort of disagreed with. But fair point that he has no business making himself the news at that point in the season. Yeah, and and like Keon said, don't get me wrong, Nick Nurse, I still think is a good NBA coach. But voices run dry after a while. It just it is what it is. You can look back, and and this doesn't have to be a, a black and white you know thing where you go, well, Nick Nurse is is had a bad coaching season or however you want to characterize it, that means he is a bad coach, X, Y, Z. No, Nick Nurse, you look back at it, he's probably the best Raptors coach of all time. Easily. Everything. Yeah. Easily. So, um, and, yeah. and I say that, and I said probably. <laughs> I mean, he is, but um, he won a championship. That's really just what it comes down to. The, the final pinnacle was reached. Didn't just get there, won it all. Dwayne Casey had fantastic years in Toronto uh, in the regular season made progress, developed guys really, really well, was a good coach for Toronto up until that moment where, I mean, again, voices just run dry. It is what it is. I mean, Dwayne Casey, I think, won coach of the year. The year Was it the year he got fired? He won coach of the year? He, There's no, there's just no rules when it comes to this. You know what I mean? And there's going to be tons of teams. I mean, if you look at Rockets fans all over Twitter, they are celebrating. They are absolutely celebrating because they believe Nick Nurse is coming to Houston. So um, still a very good coach, can go to a team and make a difference. This isn't us saying 
Nick Nurse is, is toast in the NBA or anything like that. No, definitely not. I mean, he's proved hey, his, his worth in this league. So if, if you need a Nick Nurse uh, souvenir and you want to hang on to the memory of Nick Nurse properly, mm-hmm. go to the go to shop.rappersrepublic. I posted the link here. Go go buy this calendar we printed, custom made. It has like a it has on every page is a custom Nick Nurse image of him either yelling or being happy at uh, officials. It's it's uh, Dana mm-hmm. Smart from Twitter. Uh, she helped coordinate this, and Catherine Niker, who who's a podcaster for Rappers. So public. talented. Go yeah. check it out. It's it's a really like I I have it, and it's it's a really fun little rappers memorabilia to have, and you will remember Nick Nurse. For uh, you know, as long as you know, forever. Like it's a, it's a. There's only we only printed so many copies. So these aren't okay. random images either, right? Like these are. No, these aren't random. These, the are, these are actual these are not pictures. Random. Yeah, they're actual pictures of Nick Nurse, which we took and actually made caricatures into them. So every single one of these is a, is an actual picture. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, all, all of them. So it's a go check it out. Yeah, um, Zarar Keon, this is it. This, this is, I mean, I would have loved to have the entire wrap-up live crew here on the final night of the season. Um, what are we? It's Wednesday, <laughs> April 12th. Uh, Raptors have lost the play-in game, the 8-9, sorry, the 9-10 seed play-in game to the Chicago Bulls in the Scotiabank Arena, 109 to 105. They finished 41 and 41 on the NBA season, 41 and 42 if you count the play-in. Um, thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts, honestly, for joining us every single game this season. If you joined us once, if you joined us 10 times, 20, all 82 or 83, actually, if you if you include the play-in, um, we, are, like, we can't thank you guys enough. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. You support us at every level on Raptors Republic, whether it's print, through podcasts, through our live show. Um, I speak on behalf of myself, Keon, Aiden. Uh, Kyle, uh, Oren, Zarar, and everybody else who's showed up to this show um, and made it what it is this season. Um, thank you so much. And, and I'm recognizing a lot of names in the live chat who are still here to the very, very end. I think that's very fitting for how this season ended. Um, Ciao, thank you, Phoenix. guys. Yeah, please, please, if you can, continue supporting Raptors Republic. We have a fantastic, fantastic group of creators um, on this platform. Um uh, it- and yeah. one thing, uh, you know, with with RR, uh, we 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 produce content, comprehensive content, not just you know uh, tweets. Yeah. <laughs> More than, you know, it's comprehensive. Uh, we, we've been doing it for a, a very very long time. It doesn't matter if the Raptors are winning or losing; it still continues. So the summertime will be full of uh, you know coverage of Raptors content. Nothing will slow down. It's all going to be great. So check us out. Subscribe. You know, support us. Uh, you know, because we love the Raptors and we uh, do our best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, we have a large group of creators on this platform. They're all fantastic in their own right. They're all doing their own things and they're different on their different on their different journeys through Raptors Republic. Some podcast hosts, some um, are fantastic writers uh, who've been giving you recaps, previews the entire season, quick reactions, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, thank you so much. We're in 2023 now, three years ago. Myself and Oren started this as a RAR as well. He used to show up with us early on during that COVID season. We started Wrap Up Live. Um, we wanted to make this the best post-game live show for the Toronto Raptors. Um, we realized that that space was there for the taking, and we have created and cultivated such a cool community here um, and brought, on, brought along so many cool, talented people along the way. 
like Aiden, Keon, um, and a bunch others, a bunch of others. Um, so yeah, we just want to say thank you. Um, and this won't be the end. I mean, we're going to be here for other off-season things. We just follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we have fantastic. I didn't even mention our graphic designers who have done such a great job. A lot of people. Season. Oh, look at this! Oh, hey, Ethan, Zach. Hey, yeah, hey, Ethan, Zach. Hey, There's so many people. Catherine, Samson, Lewis, nice. uh, Makai. There's so many people so that nice. I can name. I can go on all day. Just the, our our team here is so cool and so cool to Ethan. be a part of. So, um, yeah. Um, thank you so much for being a part of it. That is the end to this Raptor season. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you guys hopefully next time. Please, like I said, subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube. Subscribe to our podcast channel, The Rapcast. We enjoyed having you guys here with us. We hope you have a fantastic spring. If you are in Toronto, the weather is great this week. Enjoy it while you can. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Zarar, do you want Do you want or Keon, do you guys want to finish it off anything else? Goodbye and have a nice summer. We'll see you soon enough. We'll, I'll be done. Yeah. Draft lottery. We'll be here for that, probably. Hey, I just got a text saying uh, Nick Nurse played. Uh, this is Brandon, co-founder of RR way back 15 years ago. Nick yeah. Nurse played Fred Van Liet the entire second half. Once again, Fred Van Liet was too tired to guard on defense. Maybe one thing doesn't have to do with the other, or maybe it does. But really, he shouldn't be playing all the second half. <laughs> no, no. Anyways, let's not talk about it. It's over. It's over. It's done. It's over. Oh, so thank done. you guys so much, Andrew. Uh, thank you for the final donation of the wrap up live 2022 2023 season. Um, Andrew said, You guys are great. Looking forward to keep hearing you guys. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Have a fantastic off season. We will be back.